0: Chapter 4 Sheriff Clarkson wasn't wrong about how the media behaved once the details got out. What started as a sympathetic tale of a small community hit with an enormous tragedy, the loss of nine husbands and fathers, soon became a sick and twisted morality play. Initially, the victims of a tragic accident, the members of the suburban neighborhood gentlemen's club were soon exposed for their sinful activities. Graphic footage from a hidden camera was leaked to the press showing the men enjoying their carnal appetites in a veep room at a nightclub the night before the crash with prostitutes. Some of those young ladies were victims of the same flight, and it was discovered that at least three of them had been reported as abducted. It was discovered that the plane was operating as a mile-high club service, a flying orgy for wealthy businessmen. One member of the gentlemen's Club hadn't been on the flight. Larry Wilson, a psychologist with a fear of flying in small planes, had backed out at the last minute when he saw the converted party jet. He watched it crash from the back seat of the waiting limo, where one of the ladies had stayed behind with him, to give him his own special party. The young woman lost her best friend that night. Having been abducted herself and forced to work as a prostitute, by the men who ran the parties. She was sufficiently paranoid about her own limited life expectancy. She used the chaos to slip away in the dark. She met and waved down the police on their way onto the airport's tarmac. She directed them to where her abductors were and offered to give testimony about them and the parties they threw in exchange for a ticket home. The police swooped in and captured the group with Larry. The press camped out at end of the street where the local police had set up a gate to keep them out of the street. It had the unfortunate side effect of trapping the residents in their little pocket neighbourhood. The first four houses in the block had to endure the noise and lights of the press encampment and none of them had lost someone. The kids from the affected families who were attending colleges and universities had to be escorted by the police into the neighbourhood and endure running the gauntlet. The image of the three blonde and beautiful Khalil sisters huddled in the back of a police cruiser hit the news outlets and the internet aggregator websites and the internet aggregator websites and they became instant celebrities, willing or not. When a group of daring paparazzo attempted to sneak through the nature reserve at night, and climb the back fences to take pictures through the back windows of the Wallace's and Claliel's houses and Claleel's houses. They were confronted by a large man dressed all in black with a long black crowbar. None of the camera gear survived, not even cell phones, and the paparazzo reported that they had barely managed to get back over the fences into the woods alive. Three had broken ribs, Two had broken ribs, two had broken wrists from trying to protect their cameras, and one had a dislocated elbow. All were badly bruised over every surface of their bodies. The man hadn't said a thing, not even a grunt. He'd left the talking to the crowbar. The smashed cameras were found the next day, in a pile in the middle of a trail in the woods. No memory cards were found, the police had no evidence or clues to the identity of the man in black and made no significant effort to investigate. Catherine was sitting in Gabriella's family room with her daughters. Gabriella had her kids on either side of her on the couch. Megan, the youngest of the Khalil daughters, was texting her friends when she excitedly told Gabriella to turn the TV onto Channel 20, 3. Gabriella looked at Catherine, who nodded. There was a special report on TV about a violent attack on five cameramen. There was footage of them in the hospital and graphic imagery of their bruising and casts. The men had admitted to being in the backyards of the houses at the east end of Ashburn Court, backing onto the reserve. A mysterious black-garbed attacker had savagely beaten the men and destroyed their cameras. A statement from the police indicated it was an ongoing investigation but they were hampered by the lack of physical evidence and were asking for witnesses. The descriptions received from the paparazzos were less than helpful. The talking heads on the show reappeared and started to question if the police were actually making any effort to find the violent offender. Was this a conspiracy? Gabriella turned off the TV before she heard any more bile. The two mothers looked at each other and knew immediately who their protector was. Miriam sat quietly at her mother's side with a sweet smile on her face. The Khalil girls looked questioningly at their mother, who just smiled and settled more comfortably in the chair, snuggling deeper into the warm white-knit sweater. Gabriella looked a little conflicted and envious.